This is a big timing comedy production. Welcome backstage. Uh, I'm here to interview Black Sabbath. I'm a journalist. VIP only. Groupies sleep with rock stars because they want to be near someone famous. We're here because of the music. We are band-aids. Are you jumping or am I under-medicated? You're listening to Backstage Pass with Meredith Marks. I'm with the band, okay? Oh, episode 18 is here, and it's a goodie. I am excited about this. Mike, you should have come to Atlantic City with me. You would have had an absolute ball hanging out with all of these amazing rock stars. I don't remember getting the call. Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. I took my friend Shari instead. She smells better. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, but this is going to be a fun episode. I love this episode. It's all about Ambrosia. Burley Drummond and Mary Harris sat down with me at Harris Casino in Atlantic City in early February 2018. And uh, we got to talking about a lot of fun stuff. This particular show at Harris included a few guests, special guests, some guests that I deeply, deeply admire and loved meeting Stephen Bishop. You know Stephen Bishop, awesome. right? Yes. He's funny. Funny guy. He is so funny. I had no idea. Came out on the stage looking all serious, you know. And then he opened up his mouth and he was freaking funny. <laughs> and then Bill and Tamara Champlin. Oh, God. Can't, don't even get me started. I love them so much. Luckily, we have them on a whole other episode and we're going to talk to them on the next go round. But this one is all about Burley and Mary. And I just love this couple so much. You could see the love for each other. And uh, they tore around together. Such such a fun, loving, you know, group of people. And uh, I love Harris Casino. They always take good care of us. It's always a lot of fun. Now, the last time that I was there, which was to see Peter Beckett and Player, <laughs> that was in September of last year. And Burley was the drummer for Player. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody told me that. Who and told me that? and I I loved meeting Burley back then and and uh, and I said hey you know you need your own episode we got to do an Ambrosia episode he was like come on let's do it so we were actually supposed to do a full Christmas episode do you remember that yes. we were going to do a Christmas episode <laughs> and Mikey what happened I got the flu or something. It was some sort of flu bug. You weren't going to bring it here. You promised. I did promise you, and so I wanted to spare you. But um, I had no voice. My throat was on fire. I felt awful, and I texted Burley. I said, I am so embarrassed, and I'm so sorry that I have to reschedule, but I can't speak. And, uh, well, you can't do a show when the host can't speak. So we no, postponed. But then it worked out great because guess what? I found out that they were going to Atlantic City, so I hopped in the car. Drove three hours to New Jersey, and I uh, popped in and, and hung out with these guys. The great thing that they that they allowed me to do uh, it was an honor was to sit on sit in on their sound check. Now, back in September, when I went to see Player, they were in the theater. It was on one side of Harris. Mm -hmm. 
This one, they were in the conference center and it's much bigger. Bigger. Dude, they packed awesome. every single seat in that conference center. It was crazy. But I went in and I sat down and watched the sound check. And you know me. Why do I love sound checks? Always love sound checks. I love sound checks. No crowd. Because I, I am the daughter of the sound man. That too. Bobby G. And uh, Bobby G raised me right and took me to sound checks my entire life. And <laughs> I wasn't thrilled with the sound in the theater at Hara's last go round. I will be honest about that. And sometimes people have bad days and that's okay. But the sound at the conference center was really good. And it's really fun to watch the people from the band uh, communicate on the stage with each other, their their wants and their needs before the show happens. So uh, my dear friend, Mary Harris, who who's the keyboardist for Ambrosia, um, she was having a little technical issue at first, but then they work out the kinks because that's what a sound, sound check, check is, for. is for. It helps to show up for sound check. It, yeah. <laughs> well, they showed up for sound check. We, and we don't have to go into that. We won't we? go into that, Miss Diva. But um, <laughs> I, I have to say, and I've been to many sound checks, but this was a very nice, lengthy sound check. They really tested everything. They worked beautifully together. They brought Stephen Bishop up to do the sound check with them. And then they brought Bill and Tamara up. And it was so much fun just to sit and watch that before you see it live, you know, in front of a full packed house. And it just is a whole different vibe. And uh, people that don't get to go to sound checks, and I'm very lucky that I do. Um, that's really what happens is just a lot of a lot of talking through it and testing it out and seeing what's going on. So without further ado, uh, I went into the dressing room of Burley Drummond and Mary Harris and sat down with them. Um, Burley's going to tell you a little bit about how Ambrosia came to be. It started with a, a musician's contact service for five dollars. They all paid it. They met what was it? 20 bucks to form Ambrosia. <laughs> That's a really good deal. Way to go. What a bargain. <laughs> bargain at twice the price. So here I am in the dressing room with Burley and Mary at Harris. All right. We are backstage at Harris Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey, hanging out with members of Ambrosia, Burley Drummond and Mary Harris. Hi. Hello. Hello. We just came off of a very lengthy, wonderful sound check. <laughs> Thank and you. I've grown up with sound checks my whole life because of my dad, but this was a fun one to watch. Oh, good. That's Bringing good. in Stephen Bishop and Bill Champlin and Tamara Champlin, that's fun mm-hmm. to witness when you're sitting out in the audience and just, you know, there's not a lot of people and getting to see you guys on stage. Yeah. So that was a treat. Thank oh, you very, very much. Thank you. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask a couple of questions because for people that don't know, Ambrosia was formed using a musician contract service for five bucks. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, sure. So uh, I uh, was in uh, school at UCLA, and, you know, um, I was in Hollywood one day, and in Hollywood, I think it was Santa Monica Boulevard, they had this little storefront, and I just wandered in, and it said musician's contact service. And, uh, you know, for five bucks on a three-by-five card, you could put your name and what you did, in the hopes that other musicians would come in and see somebody they wanted or, you know, or interested in. 
So ambrosia had just, it wasn't even called ambrosia at the moment, it was called ambergris mite. Uh, Joe, Dave, and Chris uh, had just canned their drummer and they were, they just happened to walk in there and they saw my name at Burley Drummond and I guess they were intrigued enough that, you know, they contacted me and then they came and met me and I lived in Mar Vista. And it, actually, we became a band within five minutes of meeting each other. It just, you know, you know, we got all excited about common interests and things like that. And so it just happened. It's a very cool story. And do you think it's kind of kismet that your name is Drummond and you're a drummer? I'm sure you've been asked that a, um, a thousand times. You know, uh, that is strange. My dad always wanted me to, you know, he was always encouraging me to play guitar. Like, you know, the drums, you, you're gonna, always going to need somebody to play with. You know, he goes, guitar, you can play by yourself. Go, oh, Dad, I want to make friends. But then you were living overseas and you saw the Turkish artisans. Yeah, right. Yeah, the copper, big copper big plates. Big copper plates and you yeah. were like intrigued yeah. by that. So. That, that's, that was, you know, the, that was the first, uh, like, uh, instigating. Um, yeah. What do, you, how do, what do you mean? It's like the first seed that got in there and it just, you know, grew into a Tree. You know, now I'm obsessed, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm strangled by the tree. It kind of got a hold of you. Dragged <laughs> in and you've never been now able I'm to a let part go. Of the tree. I'm a, I've grown into the tree, yes. So cool. And Mary, I heard that you used to tour with Jimmy Buffett, but mm -hmm. you've toured with so many people. Um, tell us a little bit about the early parts of your career and then how you met Burley. Well, I played music all my life. I started piano lessons when I was five. And we had family bands when we were little, you know. And then I had bands in high school, bands in a place called Three Rivers where I grew up. And then I moved to L.A. and I met Burley. Yeah, we were, we met actually in a band, in a, another band. Her Before her, Ambrosia was formed? Oh, no, no. When Ambrosia was on hiatus, like in 83. Oh. Ambrosia wasn't even doing anything yeah, for we, like we five just, years. We had actually, you know, disbanded. So, and it was her cousin. Yeah, so my cousin is a guitar player, lived with him, and, and when I moved to L.A., I wanted to get, I moved to L.A. for music. So oh. we got in a band, and it happened to be with Burley, and... So, the story, <laughs> set up in the living room, set up in the living room, and you know, I have to get around Mary and her keyboard to get to some other room to get something, and we just kind of awkwardly faced off, and that was it. That was, that's, that was love at first sight. Oh, no, true really love at first sight. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great. Oh. It was great. And so we, we played in a lot of bar bands and stuff at that time. Yeah. We, and then I got yeah. in an all-girl band, and then I toured with Animal Logic a little bit. That's Stanley Clark and Stuart Copeland, and sure. that was fun. Um, and then Jimmy Buffett. Did a lot of session work. Did a lot of session work with lots of different people. Oh, Pink but, Floyd, some Pink Floyd stuff. Mm -hmm. I've been talking about Pink Floyd a lot lately. What album were you working on? It was a actually a live show. I just did some vocal sweetening on a live show. Was it cool. War or something? It was uh, Dogs of War. Yeah. No, I mean the album. Oh, yeah. Is that the name of the album? No. Oh, I don't even know if that's it true. It might be. I don't it even might know. Be. I'm sorry. And this other song that I sang on, I can't remember the name okay. of it either. So we just recently met up with the, the James guy, Guthrie. James Guthrie, who produced, produced it, and he had to remind me which songs I sang on. Look, you guys, talking to you guys, you have such an amazing memory. I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, <laughs> so I couldn't we, even imagine being able to go that through was, my That was, when I, I did that, was when, when, that was ooh, way before I did any touring, because Mickey was a baby, so our son. 
So, and then I did Jimmy Buffett for four years after that. And that must have been a wild party. Oh, it was great. It was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was kind of after his real party stage. He, he was, you know, but it was, it definitely was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. I bet the audience really helped to add to the energy oh, of that yes. show. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, parrot heads really get into it, they right? They go crazy. Yeah. And I got to tour with one of my best friends, Bree. Darling, her name is now, and that was fun. The original from Fanny, a band called Fanny. They were one of the first all girl bands, groups. and they just did an album. Them. They just yeah. did another album. But she actually stopped touring uh, to be a mother. Yeah, I mean, because my son was three when I first started touring with Jimmy, and then it was just too hard, you know. And it's Jimmy really was so understanding because he has kids. Mm-hmm. You well, know, tell him the whole story. So she toured for a couple of years. And then she she just felt so bad about being the absent mother mm-hmm. that you know she quit. So you know so uh, okay so she didn't do a year and then she got a call from Jimmy's organization going and uh, and we were in a rehearsal. I know you, you know, were with Jim Messina. Yeah, you know, I was playing with Jim Messina and uh, and and I'll so, never forget this. Yeah, so we're you know we're we're crowded around Mary and uh, and she gets this phone call like okay what well, you know what will it take for you to come back Mary. And uh, and Mary's and then, and then Craig Stahl yeah, was there. No, yeah, so so Mary's you know talking to us like, what do I say? I don't want to go back. And and uh, and so Craig, our friend, goes, tell them you need twice as much. So they'll never, you know. Mary goes, yeah, they'll never go for that. I need twice as much. Okay, okay, that's fine. You know, <laughs> that must have made you feel really good. It did. It did. But, she, will... but now she was trapped. Like, but you know. but I I mean, and I love them like family. All of them were super sweet. And I did another couple of years because they didn't tour as much, so I was able to. But then I realized that's not why I quit. It was because of the money. I quit because I wanted to be home with my son uh-huh. and my hubby. Yeah, I figured. I was <laughs> yes. a little bit of me. <laughs> and, um, hey, hey, but so at I least you're again. in there somewhere. I'm, yeah. in, there. I'm in there, sure. Some women, some women would not include the husband, okay? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, right, that's right. right. So right. you're lucky there. So I did two more years, and then I, then I quit again. You know, But it was great. You didn't quit, you left. Took a leave of an extended, very extended leave of absence. Yeah. Speaking of touring with your friends, mm-hmm. let's talk about some of the tours that you've been doing this year mm-hmm. and getting to go around to different cities with other, can I say, yacht rockers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, that must be a blast. Tell me what it's like touring with your friends now as opposed to way back when. Well, what's fun is, I mean, we can, I mean, a lot of these artists, like say, uh, like Peter Beckett and uh, uh, Robbie Dupree, and uh, he, I mean Stephen Bishop. Stephen Bishop is like we didn't re- we didn't really know them personally back then, you know, because every group was on its own trajectory, and we, we were kind of competitive with each other. We were always measuring what we did against what they did, but um, you know, but now that these yacht rock combination things happen. It's fun because we can go back and share, you know, what we did, what you do, what, what we did, you know, what kind of trouble did you get in? How many hotels did you get kicked out of? You know, things like that. Yeah. So funny we need some of those stories now. <laughs> yeah, see, back then, when they were all like big, back in the, I was still like in eighth grade, so I didn't even. They're they're not they're they're. Way, Robin the cradle. Well, I, I needed the baby man. I needed some of them. Yeah. So back so, in those days. What's the craziest days. Ambrosia story you can tell us about? What did you guys do? Did you guys ruin hotel rooms? And... Well, the craziest one I can't tell you. <laughs> oh. Be, uh, yeah. No. Uh, 
sworn to secrecy, are you? We used to do uh, pretty ridiculous things. I mean, really ridiculous things. Like we would, uh, in the middle of a Holiday Inn once, you know, like a two-story level Holiday Inn, in the middle of winter, we tried to uh, launch a trash can, you know, with gunpowder on it, like, tried to launch it into, you know, see if we could put it up into space. So, you know, it, facing the, 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 the common yard that, was, that, that we had this trash can set up in, um, it was all glass windows all the way around the thing. But what we didn't realize is that the trash can was this composite material. So instead of going straight up, it just blew out. And it blew out about 30, you know, huge windows. So, so people in the rooms were woken up to this, their glass shattering, you know. And of course, they found us. You know. Yeah, luckily you weren't in there. We used to do just really stupid things. Launch trash cans over freeways. If you were one of those people and you're listening right now, you can thank Ambrosia for that, yeah. for scaring the bleep out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what it was, especially in those days, you know, you were, when you were out for six months on a tour bus or whatever, you, you form a different reality. You know, it's like, it, you, you kind of feel a little bit um, uh, innocuous, like, you know, like nothing can hurt you. You know, you're going to be in a new city tomorrow. Go for it. You know, go ahead. See how much trouble you can cause. We used to do bus theater in Jimmy Buffett's band. So the one bus was the crew and one bus was the the band. And we would do all these little skits through the windows. And it was crazy. That was Brie. Yeah. And just do crazy things. People would moon and, you know do these little skits where they would just oh. see if they could outdo stuff. One of my favorite things we'd do, we'd, we'd have, like, in a city, we'd have two rental cars, you know, probably. So you forget about it. You're sitting in the car, and, like, there's a car in front of you, and your goal at any stop <coughs> light or anything was to push the front car uh. into the intersection. Oh, <laughs> you, know, no. like, you know, without them, you know, it's just stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I mean... I mean, it's, it's amazing nobody got killed, nobody got hurt, you know, driving on What sidewalks. antics are you doing now as Ambrosia? Anything <laughs> exciting? Oh, no. no now we you just left try, that all in the past. Yeah. Now we just try to make it to the gig and make it home. You know. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys are starting late tonight. You've got uh, Orleans going on at 9, mm-hmm. and you guys go on at 10, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which was surprising to me, I have me to too. say. I me know. I, I, I didn't really understand that. But... but Crazy. What it is. Crazy. It's a casino, I guess you can do. Some of our some of our gigs are great, though. You know, like we've been able to go play down in St. Martin's, stay in the hotels, play right outside on the beach, you know. The cruises are fun, too. The cruises are fun. There's a yeah, lot of really... It's, it's good. Now that Yacht Rock is kind of making its comeback, and they, you guys have a designated channel on Sirius XM, which... I mean, I'm locked into because mm-hmm. I'm slightly obsessed with it. I'm not going to lie. Um... It's funny, um, they have their usual rotation, and Ambrosia is on that. Oh. And it's on all the time. You guys are on yeah, all the time. Is that. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but you have Yacht Rock Review, yeah, which right. is an awesome yeah. group that you guys tour with sometimes. Do you think Yacht Rock has kind of helped to bring Ambrosia a little bit back into the spotlight with this Yacht Rock coming back? I don't think so. Oh, I I can't say it's hurt at all. Well, maybe like the station. I don't think it's made a difference on Uh, our audience. Yeah, I think it has. Really? uh, Because we see a lot of younger uh, people now paying attention to Ambrosia. You know, like 
Well, especially at a yacht rock event, you know, they're all there with their little. Well, yes, when we're but, at a yacht rock event. But you know, I think there there is no bad publicity. You know, really. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> the fact that you know people are hearing their channels or they're riding in their car with somebody else hearing it and hearing it, you know, it, it all helps. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I know for for a fact that there's this payment called Sound Exchange that you know from playing on a lot of those records. You know, as soon as Yacht Rock, so it pays to the musicians that played on those records. So you know, as soon as Yacht Rock came into being, you know, my my check doubled. Oh, that's you know, true. I didn't even think about that. There's a lot more airplay, a lot more exposure. Hey, that's nice. No, hey. can't complain about nope. that. Nope. Sure. Mary's like, we're going shopping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do the shopping. She. Yeah, I'm not a huge. Okay, so we have the husband wife here, so mm-hmm. I have to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, Who does the dishes? What is your biggest Burly Drummond pet peeve? What does he do that drives you crazy? Hmm. About music, sound. you mean? Oh, anything. You know, at home, your home. What does he do? Gosh, I have to think about that. Um. <laughs> no, I See, can't. I'm perfect. You are perfect. I'm perfect. Amy Holland ratted out Michael McDonald and said, driving with him is awful. He rides the brake. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> he does like to tailgate. Oh. Okay, so riding with Mary. Riding with Mary tailgate. Car, as my passenger. Have you ever seen a cat when it's about to be thrown into water? That That's what it's like. It's like, I... <laughs> He's a tailgater. Oh, He's great. a tailgater. You and the McDonald's are two peas in a pod. Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. You've toured the world. Mm-hmm. You've gone to so many venues. Mm-hmm. Does one venue stand out to you that you love to go back to? It makes you so happy. We had, as with Ambrosia or with any, anybody. anybody? I think my favorite venue was Red Rocks in, in uh, Colorado. It's beautiful. It's all natural Red Rock. Benches, everything. Have you been? I've heard and I've seen pictures. Yeah. I've not been yet. It's great. I mean, that was mine. But Jimmy Buffett got too big for that place, so we only we didn't get to go back because there was only one exit. And in order to, there's so many people that go to those concerts that yeah, it gets packed. It's really packed. So, but I think that was my favorite. Yeah. Burley, how about you? I don't know if I have favorite venues. I have favorite drum sets that I've encountered on the road. Really? Yeah, I mean, because every night I'm playing a different drum set, but once in a while you get one that's just magical. You know, everything about it just sings, and it it, it just you know helps you play. It, it you know it opens you up to trying new things because you know nothing. <clears throat> I mean, it's a crapshoot every night playing a different set of drums because sometimes you get a great snare, you know, and sometimes you get a great bass drum or maybe a great ride. So you know, you you tend to play what is sounding good, you know, and you tend to avoid what doesn't sound good. But once in a while, you get the whole package, and it's like, boom. I'm glad you kind of went there, because for people, this is why I did this show, is to give people kind of a behind-the-scenes glance, mm-hmm. because um, the usual concert goer goes and buys a ticket, sits in the audience, watches the stage, and sees the people, mm-hmm. and then leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're traveling, obviously, you can't lug all of the equipment, so like you said, you're using different equipment, mm-hmm. But do you have one piece of equipment maybe that you travel with or something that I do. you're familiar yeah. with? Yeah, I have my computer, which has a lot of my sounds on it, and a little module, which is like another keyboard that's played through a controller. So I always take that because it has my sounds, you know. Yeah. So, But that's the big important. keyboard, that's backline. That's from. What do you do when you get a, a piece of equipment that you just are not enjoying Ugh. on stage? 
Do you allow it to ruin your gig, or do you just kind of make the most of it? We make the most of it, but but it's still not fun. You have to do a show, so you you, you just have to, you know, raise your consciousness about it and realize it's not, you know, um, you know, so Terry Lynn Carrington, great drummer, you know, she complained about all this stuff, you know, drum sets, and when people complimented her when she felt like she didn't think she did a great gig or whatever, you know, and, uh, and the Wayne Shorter, who she was playing for, just told her, hey, maybe they know something and you don't. Like, so, how, who, you know, what, if an audience is enjoying the show, who are you to tell them that they don't know what they're talking about? You know, how could it be possible? So, it really, the bottom line is the audience mm-hmm. gets off. I mean, it's important for you to get off so they can get off, you know. Audience you, response is huge. It's a huge yeah. perk. You know, to have to see the audience enjoying themselves—that's but, like. But you, you really have—you owe it to them not to get bummed out because you know your snare drum doesn't sound perfect, or something. You know. Right. You know, it's it's not about that. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel now that you've played the same songs over and over throughout the years? I was recently speaking to another artist about this. The audience goes and expects to hear that version because that's what they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bad. for instance, you tinker with different sounds and different mm-hmm. grooves of songs. Uh, tonight, you're going to be doing Stephen Bishop in a reggae style mm-hmm. for one of his songs. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's more fun for you to kind of mess around with that and try new things? Or do you prefer to stick to the classic sounds? We like to mess around and change it up a little bit. Sure. Anything, How do you feel the audience responds to you? I think they're, they're internally, and again, I think it's if, if you're truly having fun, they're going to have fun. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some audience that wants to hear the exact original radio version, you know. Yeah. But As long as it's good, what they're hearing. And, and the, the, probably the biggest hits, except on and on, I mean, I'm save it for a rainy day, not doing it at all, like his... Radio version, yes, but we're doing it better. some of the major hits. We <laughs> I heard you joking stick. around with him in Soundcheck. That was funny to watch. Oh yeah, I know. You <laughs> I liked seeing that. You talked him into it. Yeah. Well, sometimes he needs help. Did you tell them? Did you tell her about Tindrum? We have our own band. We don't. We have. We're busy with Ambrosia right now, but we we had our own band. Yeah, Tindrum. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about Tindrum. Well, all of our songs that we've written together or separately and put together. Um, and just it's it's just nice uh-huh. nice for us. We had a yeah we had two I... of our albums were and we did three albums. Two of them were like on the top ten independent releases. Uh, I forget the years, but yeah, had had a small hit. I mean, we had a you know a hit that was destined to take off, and uh, then this radio programmer who I you know made friends when I was early days of Ambrosia called me and he goes you know you don't remember me I programmed you know, 75 stations, said, you got a hit here, just tell me you got a million dollars in the bank to promote it, you know, and we were struggling to pay our mortgage, and it was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I wish I would have done it. Yeah, we got three CDs out of it, you know, we Mm -hmm. have a studio at our house, and we create, we we created all the songs, so it was fun, it was, was and we still do it from time to time. And we produce about 10 people a year, Mm -hmm. about 10 other projects, so. That's fun. pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you tour so much. Yeah. When you guys finally have a chance to come above water and take a breath, besides music, what do you guys like to do? Eat sushi. 
I love to exercise. That's my one of my that's my therapy is exercising. So I run, um, box, do weights. Pulling weeds. He practices. He, he likes to practice. That's like his therapy. He loves to play. So you just stick with the music. Yeah. No, I mean, not. not well, you get outside sometimes. And uh, well, I mean, in Ambrosia, I do a lot of the a lot of the, uh, the booking and the promotion and things like that. So there really isn't any time off. <laughs> we don't I let mean, our head come above water for I mean, Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> let's put it that way. You're, you're, the minute you, you're not, if you're not playing, you're working on getting a, a gig to play. So it's really. Nonstop. We are rehearsing. We're backing Michael McDonald up on, on a cruise coming up. Yeah. So the last couple yeah. of weeks, I've just been working on his songs. Yeah. So I actually get to sing a duet with him um, on my own. And Oh, so yeah, Drea usually does that on yeah. stage with him. Right. Oh, what an amazing... I know. Yeah, my brother's a tour, brother's a tour manager. I know, I heard you say and, that. Um, He's, you know, he's a class act. Oh, he is the guy. nicest, oh, nicest guy. I don't think you can you can't find get a nicer guy. No, and it's funny because when I... And I love Amy, I, too. When I, oh, Amy's awesome. Oh, yeah. Amy's hilarious. She's yes, really funny. She is. It's funny, when I interview all these people, it's like it comes full circle. Yeah. Everybody in some way, shape, or form has produced, written, or sung with Michael McDonald. And I swear, it's like Michael McDonald's world, and we're just living in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to say oh, now. Oh, God, he came over for a rehearsal the other day and just guy. hung out and we just hung out and talked and he's a wonderful guy he's just, just the nicest the nicest guy nicest guy most humble too so humble mm. so when you guys look at each other and you say we're exhausted do you call home your vacation spot uh yes do we call I can say that question again yeah. I'm sorry when when you guys are exhausted and you look at each other and you need a vacation mm -hmm. Do you call home your vacation spot, or is there a specific place that you haven't traveled to, maybe that you like to seek out, or maybe there's a spot that you love to visit? Well, our, our home is uh, never quite that relaxing because there's always business when we're there. We have a studio there. We work so there, so if, it's if hard. We, if we really, really want to shut down. We have to go. We have to. Can't Where do you do, go? We can't do it at home. Well, Carpinteria. Yeah, one of my favorite places is Carpinteria. Our friend of ours has a beach house there. Um, so, so last last summer, that? Yeah, it's like we're like 15 minutes south of Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. It's, it's a small nice. town. It's just a little it's small beautiful. beach town. It's really artsy. You, yeah. you can walk everywhere. We didn't even get in our car, car for a week. Yeah. For a week. Because we travel so much, yeah. so it was kind of like so you that just was like stay nice. put. It's exactly. nice. Exactly, just not move. Uh -huh. Everything is always moving. You guys sometimes just need to stand still. Exactly, I get it. And the ocean will relax us. Yeah. And one final question mm -hmm. that I have for you guys: mm -hmm. my favorite question to ask people of all time. When you look down and you see that your arms have goosebumps, what is that goosey moment that you have gotten? Saying, "I cannot believe that this is my life, and I get to live this moment." Hmm. Well, the last one time I just, I felt that last week when we played with Michael. Every time I played, every time we play with Michael, I get the goosebumps. But. There's certain songs that that give me the goosebumps. You know, there's certain songs and certain feelings and and that that can do that for me. Even just listening sometimes, you know. But sometimes playing too. But yeah, playing with Michael is definitely such an honor. You know, and our granddaughter. Oh, yeah, we have yes. a little granddaughter. Oh, oh yeah. well, I heard, you know, yeah. my mom gets goosebumps from my kids all the time. I can only imagine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she definitely is, like, a huge joy in our life right now. 
huge. How old is she? Two She's two, two oh, and a half almost. Much. Yeah, and our son tours a lot. Yes. So she's gone with his wife-to-be, and, and our granddaughter are gone a lot. So when they're home, it's great for yeah, us. Right. right now, they're kind of staying with us when they're home because they're turning a bus, bus into a home. A oh, wow, so. neat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it's been a really long time, so I will just give you a gentle reminder because it hasn't been as long for me. Two years old is the terrible twos, but they get even worse at three. I call them their like little aliens. And then when they hit four years old, they're like back to being normal. <laughs> so good luck next okay. year to you both and All to right. your children. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much oh, for coming you. on my show. You're thank welcome. you, Mary. It's always a pleasure to see you guys. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. It is nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, I love those guys. I really do. I like them a lot. Super humble. Super nice and just down to earth. And what a great couple. You could just really feel the good energy coming from each other, you know, beaming off of each other. I love that, right? Kind of like you and I, Mike, in a working relationship, except theirs is romantic. Well, that's good too. Yeah. Always a good thing to have. Little chemistry there. Uh, you know, Burley said once of Ambrosia compositionally, Joe Puerta and David Pack were like Lennon and McCartney, and he was kind of like the George Harrison, which isn't surprising. He was very influenced by the Beatles, and as were a lot of people uh, influenced by the Beatles. Not a bad thing to be influenced by. And Drummond recorded on every Ambrosia record from 1972 present. They tour all the time. I mean, nothing is stopping these guys. They tour with other yacht rockers, such as Yay. Player. Uh, they've who's, got who's that one guy? Mike, Mike, <laughs> Robbie Mike, Dupree. Mike, Mike, somebody, Mike. <laughs> Michael McDonald. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes, they're Not hitting. Rock. They're hitting a cruise very soon together, and they're actually playing a uh, show. Which I wish I could go to this show, but I really can't. And it's with Peter Cetera. Mm. Now to me, my Chicago guy, I got him, Champlin. I love Bill Champlin, but I would totally go and see Peter Cetera because um, why not? He's he's incredible, right? Yeah. Love yep. that guy. So Burley is awesome. Mary is fantastic. You know, Mary used to tour with Jimmy Buffett. And now uh, they have just a great chemistry on stage. I got to sit and watch the sound check, which doesn't happen very often for people. But I have grown up with sound checks my entire life because of my dad. And so it's always interesting to hear different sound checks and, and some are lengthy and some are not. And they really did a nice, nice, hearty, full sound check. Uh, when I saw player when Peter Beckett at Harris in Atlantic city in September, Burley is the drummer for them now. And they were in the theater to me. It was not a really good, uh, quality sound. And sometimes people have off days. Right? You and I have off days. Would it would it have been the room or the sound? It was the sound. Okay. Yeah. Got it. It was it was it was pretty darn loud. And I'm not just saying that because I'm older now. <clears throat> I had my birthday. But uh <laughs> I am saying that as an experienced sound guy's daughter. Uh I didn't love the sound that night, but this time they put them in the conference center on the other side of Harrah's and the sound was spectacular. It really sounded good. And they packed that place, Mikey. They packed every seat. They had Stephen Bishop come up during sound check. They had Bill and Tamara Champlin come up and it was a nice 
really hearty, like I said, full sound check, and they really communicated well and got every little kink worked out, and it sounded great. I really was excited about the show after seeing the sound check. I couldn't wait to see the show, and uh, it was fun. They they kind of ended up with Sergeant Pepper, I believe, at the end. They kind of did a little jam band at the end cool. and uh, invited some of the audience to come up and dance in front of the stage and take video. You know, I was all over that. So I did that. <laughs> Why not? Right. So thank you to Burley and Mary for allowing me to bombard your dressing room at Harrah's and sit down with you and talk to you guys. I just loved every second of it. We are going to close the show tonight with a few musical tracks from Burley and Mary and, of course, from Ambrosia. Definitely tune in to episode 19. That's when I'm going to hit it with my guy, Mr. Bill Champlin, and his lovely wife, Tamara Champlin. I'm going to go into all things about the Sons of Champlin, his solo career, his his writing. My God, what an incredible songwriter he is. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I had to ask him about his days with Chicago. Come on back. You've been hanging backstage with Backstage Pass and Meredith Marks. Now get your ass off the tour bus. This is a big tiny comedy production. My baby, she's hot. She gets on top. She plays the boogie woogie and she just can't stop. But she's a
this whole business started Of you thinking that I had been untrue But if you think that we'd be better parted It's gonna hurt me but I break Got a 